Well, welcome again to another time gathering together as a family, albeit in a very strange and unfamiliar way right now. Can I just say that I'm particularly um, missing all of you, all your lovely faces and um, the warmth of your company. I think as a tactile person, I'm particularly finding it hard not to be able to shake hands um, and get my share of hugs right now. I'm really feeling the loss of that, and I'm sure many of you will be too. But how important it is right now, isn't it, to be encouraging one another in the many ways we still can. And no better way to do that than by embedding God's word into one another's lives. And what a great joy and privilege we still get in being able to do such an awesome thing. So I'm going to do my bit this morning with that as I bring what I believe God has put on my heart to encourage you um, as you're sat on your sofas, hopefully not in your beds. Phil Morton, if you're still in bed, get up. Let's gather in the only way we can right now and listen in to our Lord. Let's pray before we do that. Lord, we're so grateful for your word, the way it unites us when we're unable right now to be physically united, the way it anchors us as the ground shakes and the storm blows, the way it steadies us and sustains us. Lord God, your word is our rock, our fortress and strong tower, our joy, our hope and our warrior cry right now. We're so thankful for it and your presence within it. Speak boldly through it now, Lord God, in your mighty name. Amen. Whilst we still remain in the book of John, our eyes are now turning deliberately towards the work of the cross as we're led once more towards Easter. You know what? However much we feel we are in times of great magnitude concerning the human race right now. Let's not forget that we are a people here today only because of the work of the cross and the great freedom and rescue mankind found in that. Brothers and sisters, let me encourage you to keep that as your perspective as we go on with this. So we're going to be looking at um, John 18, verse 28 to 40 this morning. If you'd like to find that in your Bibles. We pick up in this passage at the point where Jesus is about to be handed over to Pilate. Verse 28. Then they had led Jesus from the house of Caiaphas to the governor's headquarters. It was early morning. They themselves did not enter the governor's headquarters so that they would not be defiled but could eat the Passover. So Pilate went outside to them and said, what accusation do you bring against this man? They answered him, if this man were not doing evil, we would not have delivered him over to you. Pilate said to them, take him yourself and judge him by your own law. Jesus said, uh, the Jews said to him, it is not lawful for us to put anyone to death. 
This was to fulfill the word that Jesus had spoken, to show by what kind of death he was going to die. So Pilate entered his headquarters again and called Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you say this of your own accord, or did others say it to you about me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and chief priests have delivered you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered to the Jews. But my kingdom is from the world. Then Pilate said to him, So you're a king? Jesus answered, You say that I'm a king. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Pilate said to him, what is the truth? After he had said this, he went back outside to the Jews and told them, I find no guilt in this man. But you have a custom that I should release one man to you at Passover. So do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? They cried out again, no, not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a robber. This has got to be one of the oddest, if not the oddest, and yes, I suppose if I'm being really honest, one of the most unsettling times I've ever experienced in my life. I was just saying to Jess the other evening, does this feel to you at times that we're just kind of living in a bit of a dream? It's kind of like one of those moments when you just wake up first thing in the morning and you've had a dream and you're kind of working out whether it's real or not. And of course, right now, it is very real. There are things we're having to uh, talk about and decide on at the moment that we never dreamed we would have to do. Our language has changed. It suddenly feels alien to us to be talking about social distancing, self-isolation, pandemics, and of course, now, lockdown. All words that can add to our current sense of feeling unsettled and un un unsure. I'm convinced, though, that in a time when our most eminent scientists are themselves struggling to give us definitives and much-needed assurance, it's going to be the answers found in his word and in the powerful name of Jesus that we'll get to define this time when all our worldly wisdom is long spent and forgotten. Surely there is no greater time than now for us to be a people increasingly satisfied by the word and helplessly reliant on the constant presence of the Holy Spirit. This has got to be the very best place where we get to ride out this storm together and demonstrate who is working for us, through us and flowing out from us. Right now, I don't know how he would do it and what it would look like, but I'm thinking there's, if there's ever a time that for world revival, it has surely got to be now. 
And it's passages like this that are meant to be read and trusted in during such times as these. And in a way, we can read a passage like this at the moment and really relate to the turbulence of the times, can't we? This whole series of events unfolding leading up to the crucifixion of Jesus are bristling with unease. These were times of great uncertainty too. People were reactive, confused, in self-preservation mode. Basic instincts were, being, were beginning to seep through the cracks of fractured confidence. Vulnerable lives were needing answers and solutions from an unfolding event that appeared not to have any. It may be sounding familiar right now. And one of the standout heart cries coming from this passage has got to be the one made by Pilate in verse 38. In his utter confusion, he cries out, what is truth? You're saying all these things to me and I don't understand. What is truth? What Pilate's cold, dead heart failed to understand is that the language of Jesus throughout his arrest, his trial, his degrading beatings and sentencing never veered from, for one second from the very clear truth that God right now is in control. Pilate failed to understand the magnitude of the man that stood before him. He was unable to see beyond his own wretched humanity and look upon a king. Not of earthly wealth or power, not of slaves or territories or nations, but a king who rules in the hearts of those who know him and understand him. Do whatever you need to do with my body. Hand me over to whoever you need to hand me over to. Mock me, ridicule me. Take the flesh off my back, but I am in the hands of my Father who remains in control of all things, of the eternal story of life, which is unstoppable by no threat or no man. Read through the eyes of the unbeliever, those who don't know the truth of who Jesus really is, this passage will only ever be an account of a lamb led to the slaughter, an account of a saviour who has lost his power, lost the faith and hope of those he was meant to save. To the faithless, these words will only be brutal verses of mockery, humiliation and domination. But read and understand, understood, as Jesus says, by those who are of the truth, and who listen to my voice, those who remain satisfied by my word and captivated by my spirit. It's only going to be those who trust and remain in me who will truly get to know and understand the kingdom that is coming and the triumph that is about to overshadow these events. Jesus is modelling to the extreme in these verses leading up to his death is displaying exactly what the anxious, fear-filled, rattled heart wants to hear right now. 
crush me, ridicule me, abuse me, falsely accuse me, beat me till I'm unrecognizable, strip me and hang me from a cross, take my life, but I will remain totally, utterly and immovably in charge and in control as I work out the eternal plans of my Father in heaven. The posture of Jesus throughout this passage never deviates from absolute command. He is, in fact, teaching us in this, the perfect art of trust. So let's ask ourselves this. How well are we holding the line in the midst of our unfolding event right now? How well are we allowing the truth of his word to sufficiently satisfy us? as we live through these extraordinary days? How willing are we to allow the Holy Spirit to take control of our fears and uncertainties in order for him to transform them into supernatural hope and unshakable peace? Jesus' only battle in all of this was with the ignorance of Pilate. Pilate was dead to the kingdom life that Jesus was trying to tell him about. When he washed his hands of Jesus, Pilate washed away every last hope of ever knowing this glorious place and what it could have been to him. He will have probably died never knowing the treasures of a heavenly kingdom and the freedom that he would have found there. He had an opportunity to stand in the light but chose instead to step back into the dark shadows of his troubled soul. Jesus must have felt the agony of losing that battle. Those of us, however, who know and love Jesus, who are of the truth and who listen to his voice are rich indeed. We now count we now count among his victories, you and me. We are one to him and his eternal plan. How then can we allow the status of that to be robbed and dictated to by a rogue bunch of mutated cells that call themselves COVID-19? Let's not allow this threat and fear to win us over whilst Jesus remains king on the throne and in control. If our measure of his command has always been the cross, the empty tomb and the throne in heaven, and not one perfect sovereign part of that has ever changed, then why would we allow ourselves now to be taken down by fear? I can understand a good many of us will be feeling the need to switch on to the news right now and get all the latest updates. It's almost routine, isn't it? It's the first thing we go to in the morning and the last thing we do before we go to bed. As well as perhaps catching up with Boris for our tea time updates. And that's not counting all the apps that are pinging off on our phones throughout the day. News is one thing at the moment that we are guaranteed not to run short of. And information, of course, is so important right now. We need to know 
what we need to be doing to protect ourselves and keep ourselves safe. I completely get that. I don't know about you though, if I'm not being careful with my intake of this, if I'm not managing it, I can easily find myself feeding on the fear instead of standing against it. Without knowing it, I can quickly feel what I've come to call the creeping anxiety. Let's be aware of what we allow in as the first truth of our day and the last words and images we take with us to our beds. Maybe instead of reaching for the remote, can I encourage you to reach first for the assurance of his word? Can I encourage you to tune in first to the presence of the Holy Spirit, who also, by the way, waits for you at the beginning of your day and faithfully stands guard over your night? Can I encourage you to be encouraging each other. And you know what? I love seeing the many ways that we're doing that right now. The emails, the WhatsApps, the phone calls. Let's keep doing that. It's so important. But let's not limit those moments to just chit-chat and catching up. Let's make sure we're continually reminding each other that our lasting joy and peace are found in him and him alone. That our reference point at all times is his word and the outstanding promises we find in it. Let's continually take every opportunity to remind each other of the uh, endless accounts of God's faithfulness and intervention. The other evening after an uneasy day of unfolding news which seemed to ramp up as the day went on. Jess and I, before we went to sleep, reminded ourselves of Exodus 14, the account where God's people stood before the raging waters of the Red Sea. Behind them, the ground shook with the sound of the approaching Egyptian army. As they cried out to the Lord, Moses' command was this, Fear not, stand firm, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians who you see today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you, and you have only to be at peace. And I love this. The Lord then positions himself between them and the approaching army promising them that while he stands guard, no harm will ever come to them. What an amazing picture that story paints for us today. Let me encourage you to read it for yourself before the end of today. Wouldn't it be great if we were continually embedding passages just like that into each of our lives right now? Finally, amid all the talk around key workers at the moment, and of course our thoughts, our thanks, and our gratitude are very much with you guys right now, particularly those in our family, 
who are still putting themselves out there to serve our most vulnerable. Thank you so much. We are so grateful. But of course, the rest of us don't get to sit back and not play our part. Restricted movement and self-isolation is not a signal for the gospel of Christ to go silent. It feels like never before has there been a time for the gospel of Christ to shine so brightly. A time for the question of what is truth to be answered loudly and boldly. It may be that the shape of our harvest field looks very different at the moment and our access to it is a little more restricted than normal. But the potential for us within it has never been greater. I'm personally finding that as I ask this question of those I meet at the moment, can I pray for you? It has never been so well received right now. It's extraordinary. While many thousands of doors across this nation are closing, the doors of his storehouse have never been wider. We're already hearing testimonies and stories coming out of these difficult times where God's goodness is spilling out into lives like never before. Thank goodness we have a God who will not be contained by a virus, by a lockdown, or any other earthly constraint. Lord, keep those encounters coming, and would we please get to be part of them. Can I tell you that our church building remains open, and the sign outside currently reads, how can we help? And you know that? Well, we will stay open, and that sign will stay up until we're told otherwise. But whether you're serving in the building right now or stuck at home, All Nations Church remains open for business in whatever possible way we can help, and that includes you. It may be as simple as a phone call or a check-in with a neighbour, to serving a hot meal to our vulnerable friends on the streets, handing out a food bank parcel or serving as one of our frontline workers. Let me encourage you. No, actually, let me challenge you. Tag on to every conversation, every offer to help the question, would you mind if I pray for you right now? Let's be bolder in everything we do and say. Church, let's not be locked down. Let's be released into this time. Let's not be left behind while the world gets to respond. Besides which, what on earth have we got to lose? Well, potentially everything. But what in heaven have we got to gain? Well, everything. All nations, let's remain open for business and here to help. It would be at this point where I would say, can we stand? 
And you know what? I'm still going to say it. So can we stand? Let's just receive where we are for a moment while I pray. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful that we have a king on the throne, that we have a saviour in Jesus that is never not in control. Lord, keep drawing us to the well of your word, to the cross, to the empty tomb, and to the throne that is our confidence and our hope. Bind us together with cords that can't be broken, that transcend distance and isolation. Would we continue to know fellowship even though we're in separation right now? Holy Spirit, would you raise us up to be your glorious, radiant church for this time? your city on the hill that gets to shine brilliantly for your glory, your honour and your kingdom. Amen. Well, thank you so much uh, for listening this morning. Uh, my thoughts and prayers, of course, with you and your families. Please stay safe and stay in touch. Bless you all.